0: you can open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter four. We'll be in the whole latter half of Matthew chapter four as we look at this incredible picture of the kingdom of God. Jesus arrives on the scene and announces, the kingdom of God has come because the king is here. Not like we know, isn't that what Elvis said? (laughs) But the king is here, Jesus the king is here. And this is the good news. Today we get to talk about Jesus the King. You don't have a kingdom without a king. Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom of God. In fact, it was his primary core message. It was his favorite way of talking about what it means to do life with him. Just this description of life in all its goodness and all its fulfillment what it was like to walk in his ways that the kingdom of heaven was on earth. And that's probably the phrase that we're most familiar with. The the prayer, the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we see this all throughout the Gospels that Jesus shows up, says the kingdom is here, and says things like, the kingdom is coming close, the kingdom is within you, the kingdom is near, the kingdom is like. This was his main message, the good news that the kingdom of God was here. So what is the kingdom of God? What do we mean when we say the kingdom of God? One of my seminary professors had a quote, um, or I'll read what he said. He says, the kingdom of heaven is the reversal of everything that went wrong when sin entered the world, and it is the establishment of God's rule in our reality. Doesn't that sound amazing? Doesn't that sound like what we want? The reversal of everything that went wrong, the establishment of God's rule in our everyday reality today. That is the good news, that this is not all there is that God has come near, that God is in the process of reversing and restoring all things, and that what we long for will be fulfilled. This is the gospel. When we talk about the gospel, that strange word that means good news, this is the good news, that all that is wrong will be made right. That All that is dark will be light. And this is the truest truth. This is the realest truth reality that we can live in, the rightest right. And I want this, and I know we all want this because at our core, we all long for more than this. As C.S. Lewis says, a good C.S. Lewis quote here, If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world that gives me chills so we were made for another world we were made for the kingdom of god we were made to live beyond how we live on this earth and yet we're not there yet we can see that this isn't the reality that we live in we can see darkness we can see the things around us that are broken that have yet to be made whole we can see that we are not living in the Kingdom of God in all of its fullness yet. But the Kingdom of God, quick caveats here, definitions, we can see what the Kingdom of God is and what the Kingdom of God is not. When we're talking about the Kingdom of God, we're not talking about Christendom. We're not talking about kind of that Christian nation where everyone in you know a certain nation state is living the Christianity ways. We're not talking about Christendom. We are talking about the perfect rule and reign of Christ Jesus. So it's not Christendom, but it is Christ's perfect rule. It's not fully realized yet. Jesus came and announced the kingdom is here. It's not fully here yet. We live in this in-between of now and not yet. It is not fully realized yet, but it is here and now, and we'll explore that a little bit more. It's not like the kingdoms of this world. If we think that we can understand the kingdom of God by looking at the kingdoms of this world, we might get into thinking that the kingdom is big and dominant and maybe even fear based. The king is this domineering, you know, we think of monarchies. I think the word kingdom can sometimes conjure up, you know, even like a political kind of sense, hierarchical, old world. But the kingdom is a combination of two words, kingdom, king's domain. It's where the king is on the throne. The rules, the reign, the decrees, the ways of the king are fully established. And the kingdom that we live in as citizens is the way the king wants it. And so we see that it is an upside-down kingdom. As Jesus is the king, it is a different kind of kingdom. It is small. It is sometimes subversive. It is sometimes very hidden. It is compassionate and good and kind and not necessarily like the kingdoms of this world. If we really want to know what the kingdom is like, we need look at the king. If we want to know what the kingdom is like, we look at the King. And we just get to talk about Jesus all day today. The most important thing about the kingdom is the King himself. You don't have a kingdom without a king. And if you want to know what the kingdom is like, what the citizens are to be like, what the king wants, we look at the king. And Jesus is that fulfillment of everything that we want a kingdom The perfect kingdom to be. Sometimes I think, I know I do, forget that Jesus, you know, we hear so much narrative. Jesus came to die. Jesus came to die. And we think of Jesus in his kingship, that he was the the savior king, the, the suffering king who came to die. That kind of king. But Jesus is not only the king who came to save us. He is the king who came to shepherd us, to walk alongside of us. So Jesus didn't come only to die, but to show us how to live. The point of Jesus's life wasn't just his death. The point of Jesus's life was also his life. And the way that he gives us life, I've been thinking about that a lot. Jesus didn't come only to die, but to show us how to live and to walk with us and to display for us what the kingdom of God really can look like as he goes along in our everyday lives with us. So his coming was the fulfillment of all of these prophecies of the Messiah that we, that the people of God had been longing for, Matthew, at this point in his gospel, he's just four chapters in. He's already quoted Isaiah like eight times. He said, this was to fulfill the word of the Lord. This was to fulfill what we've been waiting for. So Matthew is just saying, we've been waiting for this. We've been longing for this. The king is here. The kingdom is here. This was the way Matthew wrote the whole gospel. And we'll just keep seeing it throughout our series. The kingdom is here because the king is here. The king came. He is here now. And it's also a not yet, because Jesus arrived on the scene, announced the king is here, and then he spent the next three years and up until this day, ushering in the kingdom of God. So it was fully here as a Jesus is on earth, I am the king, I am here, and he is continuing to establish it, continuing to bring heaven on earth, New York City on earth as it is in heaven. In New York as it is in heaven. This is our continual walking alongside Jesus. This is his mission still today. So how did Jesus bring about the kingdom? And how is he continuing to bring about the kingdom? Um, Repeat three words after me. I did not come up with these, but ready for this? Um, Jesus brought about the kingdom through proclamation. 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 Incarnation, 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 and through demonstration. demonstration, and we'll shorten it to say through truth, love, and power. Jesus, his ways, his ways as the king were ways of truth, ways of love, ways of power, and we see that right off the bat in Matthew chapter 4. So. In the first three chapters, Jesus is born, Matthew chapter one, Jesus and Matthew one and two, and then he is baptized and is then tempted by Satan in the desert. And then we get to Matthew chapter four, and he inaugurates his ministry. This is why I have come. And he didn't say I have come to die. He came to say, I have come to bring the kingdom of God. So this is even more of the prominent theme. That Jesus is on the scene, and these are the three ways that he is ushering in the kingdom of God. Through his love, through his truth, through his power. And so in that first section of Matthew um, 4, when Jesus begins to preach, we obviously see that he is proclaiming the gospel. He is stating it. He is saying what is true, what is real. He is fulfilling the prophecies that have been long spoken of him. That word, fulfill, is a huge word in Matthew. And that the people living in darkness have seen and are seeing a great light. So Jesus preached the kingdom of God. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This, I'm guessing, is probably the most familiar of the what we mean when we say the gospel, this is probably what a lot of us think of. Yes, the gospel is the good news that we believe in our heads, the gospel is about what I what my faith is, maybe in a cerebral way. In the western enlightened world that we live in, this is what we often kind of come to as what Jesus did, Jesus preached, and so we preach. Hello. We are all here. And so we think that the Gospel is maybe more on this side of the proclamation, the teaching, the truth, doctrine, theology. We love to to get into those kind of things, but this wasn't the only thing that Jesus did. He preached about the Kingdom of God. I am here, the Kingdom is here, and this is how I want the world to be. He spoke. Um, so the, the proclamation part, we know that he ushered in the kingdom of God by proclaiming the reality and the truth of it. He spoke it over and over again. And yet we see in the second one that he also walked beside people. He called his disciples to just be with him. If Jesus' purpose was to come and die only, what was he doing with these men and women that he walked with for the years that he was on the earth doing his ministry. We see how he called people and they left everything and followed him. That he was a God who came to be incarnated among them. Remember, proclamation, incarnation. The incarnation of Jesus that he just wanted to be with people. I spoke a couple weeks ago about how Love, the definition of love, is that it wants to be with. That God didn't intend to be long distance and stay away and kind of from afar, but that love, God, wants to be with. Emmanuel means God with us. And we get this picture that the kingdom of God is a God who walks among his people. The king Is one who comes and joins in life with his people and they spend a lot of time literally walking and Jesus plods along side by side his people and just lives in a way that his incarnation um, is this side-by-side life on life life his presence among and so this was The other, the second way that he brings about the kingdom of God, that by being heaven on earth with us, his true embodiment, his manifestation coming to us, the incarnation of love, but there was still more. The proclamation, the preaching, the love, the being with, the walking among. But then this third one, Jesus heals the sick. And this is the one that's probably the most noticeable. The kingdom of God is here. Heal the sick, cast out the demons, raise the dead, bring light to darkness. This is the one that is most visible, and yet maybe the one that we experience the least today. If the kingdom of God is here, then these are also things that Jesus said that we would do alongside of him, that we would do great works as he has done. So Jesus shows up in power. Kings display their power. He shows up in power, but it is loving and compassionate and kind. And he is strong and overcomes the powers of this dark world. Jesus showed that he was not of this world. There was the supernatural saving of souls and also the healing of bodies. Jesus' kingdom wasn't just in our heads, believe this, proclaim this, preach this, teach this. Jesus' kingdom isn't in our heads. Only Jesus' kingdom isn't in our hearts, the the love, the incarnation, the being with. Jesus' kingdom is visible by the power that he shows by healing our bodies. Jesus doesn't only care about our heads and our hearts, but our bodies and our physical realities. And this is the one that I wonder if we could see more of. Could we see this in New York City? Could we see the kingdom of God in New York City as it is in heaven through the demonstration of power? And we're going to talk a little bit more on that throughout this series. But right now, I want us to... It's, we're getting towards the end already, and I want us to just think about how these displays are true for our own lives. That God, in his perfect ushering in of the kingdom, That he gave us also, he said, you will do what I have done, and you will do even greater works. And some of us probably today, it isn't so much a call to, you know, how can I join God in his mission, in his kingdom, but how can I also experience it for myself more today? How would you like to see the kingdom of God breaking through in your own life today? Is there a place of healing, a place of needing an encounter with the Lord in a powerful way? Is it something where you would experience his presence, his witness, that it wasn't just that he came to die for you, but he wants to live with you? And could it be something also where there's a new experience of reality, of the truth of the reality of the kingdom of God among you? I wrote and recorded a a spoken word piece for a missions conference um, a couple months ago. And it just ties in well with this idea of Jesus showing us what it means to live a life in the kingdom of God with him. So I would love for us to watch this, and then I will come back up and close us. After years of silence, injustice, oppression, and pain, Jesus stood up in the temple and announced why he came. On this day of fulfillment, he opened the scroll and read from the prophet of his kingdom call, that he was anointed by the Spirit of the Lord to bind up the broken and bring good news to the poor, to heal the wounded, to release the captive, to comfort the mourners, to make beauty from ashes, to build up ancient ruins, to repair devastations, to raise up generations, to bless all peoples, all nations. And then the Messiah proclaimed this to be a year of jubilee, of setting people free, of making wrongs right, and turning darkness to light. And that was indeed what he did. He didn't come only to die, but to show us how to live. So now here we are, many years since that day, our Messiah still working, our call still the same. He invites us to join him, he beckons us close. He supplies all we need and sends us to go with his power and anointing by the Spirit of the Lord, we go to bind up the broken and bring good news to the poor. We heal the wounded and release the captive. We comfort the mourners and help make beauty from ashes. We build up ancient ruins and repair devastations. We raise up generations to bless all peoples, all nations. And we wait for his coming. We long for his light. We hope in his kingdom when all wrongs are made right.